You're listening to Quintessentially Mental, a podcast hosted by Sure Eyes. Please note that this host is not a mental health practitioner or professional, and this podcast is not meant for treatment of any mental illness. Quintessentially Mental, the podcast, is produced and hosted by Spudcaster for Baobalb.org. Hey y'all, this is Quintessentially Mental, the podcast, and I'm your host, Shuraiz. Today's episode is called Getting Too Old for the Shit. <laughs> um, inspiration for this being that, you know, at, at various times on my mental health journey, I find myself thinking, but now, haven't I dealt with this? Haven't I been here? Haven't I? Shouldn't I? Should I be too old for the shit though? <laughs> Am I, should I not have arrived? And so I really want to, you know, chat with someone who has been on a on a similar lengthy therapy journey um, in terms of managing their mental health and trying to understand, you know, do we? Do we ever arrive? Do we ever reach a point where we're like, yep, see that issue. We we see you. We know you're there. You know, you're not going to get us because honestly, we're too old and too wise for this shit. Um, yeah, so I think I think given given my own mental mental health journey, um, and it's something I always I always laugh about in hindsight. It's usually when I'm telling the story of what happened, you know, when this person said this and I did that. And, but now am I not getting too old for this shit, you know? And, and I guess my questions become, how do we transition this into the moment when, when it's actually happening for us to, you know, change our behavior and, and say, look, you know, we, we've, we've been here, we've done this, we've got the t-shirt and, we, we've got this, you know, and, and we can progress and move forward um, on this journey. Join us after the ad break when we continue the conversation. Baobalb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with Baobalb.org. Welcome back to Quintessentially Mental, the podcast hosted by Sure Eyes. Hey y'all, so this is Quintessentially Mental, the podcast, and I'm joined by a new friend of mine. Actually, my brother's squeeze. <laughs> Her name is Taryn. Hey girl, how you doing? I'm good, how you doing? I'm good. Did you enjoy your little intro? It was amazing. I mean, I don't know about the little squeeze part, but sure, let's go with that. Main squeeze. <laughs> Mm, only squeeze only squeeze (laughs) (laughs) so we're pretty new friends and like we've we've had quite a few mental health conversations mostly because Mm -hmm. we've both we're we're kind of similar in age and have been in therapy for like what feels like most of our adult lives Mm -hmm. um and so you know what I kind of want to chat with you about is this idea of have we ever really dealt 
with our mental health? Like, oh, do you think we're going to be in therapy for the rest of our lives? <laughs> and after that, definitely after that too. Especially at the rate I'm going these days. <laughs> Say more. What do you mean? Um, I don't know. I just feel like, um, so I started therapy when I was 20. Um, and it was something that I did totally on my own. Nobody told me to do it. It was just something I felt like I needed to do for myself. And I thought it would help me with um, all the issues that we think we have, you know, like our parents um, and our upbringing and our lifestyles and all of that and the relationships that we were in, whether it be friendships or romantic relationships. And I just feel like I've been working towards a certain goal and I just feel like I'm never going to get there. And while I've made progress and while I've certainly um, taken quite substantial steps, meaningful steps, I just feel like the finish line is no closer. But what makes you say that? So I know for me a while ago, I had a bit of a break, well, not a breakdown, but I was just like, fuck, I just keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I even in therapy, right? So like, why mm-hmm. am I even mm-hmm. doing this when my behavioral pattern is the same, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so for me, like, I don't even think I have a goal. So like for you, what do you mean that you're not even closer to your goal? Like, what what do you mean? Um, I suppose I feel like I just want to get over the, you know, there's certain things that we all go through with ourselves, like, I've got a lot of self-doubt. Um, I think I come across as the most secure, most um, I've got this kind of person that you could ever come across. But actually, I'm probably one of the most insecure people you'll ever meet. And I feel like I've been working on that and working on that and working on that. And I'm just not getting any further with it. I understand what triggers me. I understand... Um, I understand the the reasoning behind it. I understand, like my, my my psychologist, she calls it my scripts. So I'm well aware of what my scripts are, and I yeah, know exactly you what you tell yourself, basically. Yes, yeah, well, yeah, and like not only that, but like the scripts is like she she describes it as um, like the script of our life, you know. So like, or maybe like the book of our life, the story of our life, and mm-hmm. then when certain things happen in our lives, we are triggered and taken back to that moment. And then we act in a specific kind of way. Um, And I just feel like after so much therapy and after so much understanding and like if somebody else behaves in a particular way, I can look at them and I can totally understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. And I can try and talk them down if you want to call it that, but I can't do that for myself ever. So I guess I think, you know, for me, what what it makes me think of is we're always able to be friends to other people, but we're not able to be friends mm-hmm. to ourselves. That's you know, so like true. That's so true. Me, when you can see, you know, I used to have this thing that said, you know, I say, treat yourself like you would your friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we just don't have the same level of, compassion understanding empathy like all the other things where like if if it was me going through something that you're going through Mm -hmm. you would say to me and which you often do you've got this 
it's okay. It's okay to feel the way you do or, you know, yeah. we don't do that with ourselves. I think we're so hard no. on ourselves because we're like, yeah, we should be done with this by now. Like we've been dealing with this, you know, exactly. why are we still exactly. touched? Why are we still reacting yeah. to this? Like it's the first time. We're yeah, why are we still so triggered by something we've worked so hard on overcoming? Exactly. And I think, I think the tough part to realize, while there have been two things that have come to my mind over the past few days, I think the first is kind of awareness or getting over denial doesn't necessarily equal a change in behavior. So like mm-hmm. this whole understanding, understanding, like, you know, the fact that you know what it is, you know, these are, these are the issues, you know, this is how the issues affect you, you know, you know, how you behave when these things happen. But like in that moment when you're being triggered, you know, it doesn't, all that awareness doesn't necessarily equal your behavior actually shifting. Yeah. It all goes out the window and you just carry on like a lunatic or, I mean, if you want to call it that, but you just, you let go of all the understanding, you know, and it's really very frustrating. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, you know, it's, it's a struggle because it's like, I remember when also I started therapy when I was about 19, mm-hmm. which is what am I now? I'll be 35 this year. So legit, like, you know, more than 10 years ago, 15 mm-hmm. years ago, um, you know, where again, you say, I, I kind of didn't stick with one therapist throughout mm-hmm. my throughout my journey right because either I had moved cities or had taken a break or the relationship hadn't worked out or whatever and it reached a point where I was just like listen brah I know what my issue is I know one like this I don't need to like figure out what 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 my issue is I know what it is mm. and it's about how do I actually deal with it when it's happening not dealing with mm. it in the therapy room if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah. And then I had my Yeah, you need those life tools. Yeah. And then my, my current psychiatrist would say, you know, therapy happens outside of therapy. Hmm. Where, you know, your healing happens when you're not in the space where you're talking about your healing or talking about your issues. It's when you're actually experiencing it. Hmm. I don't hmm. know. It's such a tricky one. I don't like, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be this, um, it's going to be, are we just going to get better at dealing with it? Do you think you've become, you've gotten better at dealing with it? 100% yes. I'm so much better at dealing with things. Um, before, if I was triggered or if I was going through a rough stage, um, I would become overly OCD um, to a point where I would shower like every hour or like every two hours or whatever. Like, And I could, I never felt clean enough. I never felt that, it didn't matter how many times I showered or washed or whatever. I was never, ever, ever, ever clean enough. And any type of thing, like even if I went outside into the garden and then came back inside, I felt contaminated again. Um, so I've learned now that that was my way of controlling situations when I felt out of control in other situations. So I've become better at doing that. I'm definitely, um, I know how to cope with that. And 
when I tweak out and when I when I'm in in a phase, which I'm actually going through at the moment, I recognize what's happening and I understand what's happening and I don't let it affect me as much as it would once have. But that doesn't mean to say that I'm not still affected by it and it doesn't yeah. mean that I'm not still going through the motions of everything. And um I had a I had a discussion with my psychiatrist and uh, we discussed that my issue could be post covid um because I had covid and uh he was saying that one I think and I stand to be corrected but one in five people that have had covid um and are on antidepressants um have some type of a like a a, a post covid syndrome where they just battle with the prolonged fatigue and the prolonged depression and it just it just totally takes it out of you and while he was saying that could possibly be what I'm going through there's obviously no concrete evidence because COVID hasn't been around for long enough and not enough studies have been done but what he said to me made sense and uh, now it's just a question of do I write it out or do I up my antidepressant dosage for about a month to see if that gets me out of the funk or not. Yeah. So I think you've raised two things that I, I want us kind of to talk about because I think it's things that evolve as you go through your, your therapy or your healing, mental health healing journey. You know, I think mm-hmm. the first is you said, you know, he, he said it's post-COVID. So did mm-hmm. receiving some kind of, I don't want to say diagnosis because that isn't really an official diagnosis because COVID is so real and, you know, it's, I mean, so new and it hasn't really been around. And does receiving a diagnosis almost give you comfort because it's like, okay, now I know what I'm dealing with? Or like, did you feel less overwhelmed being able to mm. name it? Or, you know, like this idea of, so I know for me, when I received a diagnosis, it was like, oh, this is why I've been behaving like this. It's not just mm-hmm. who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, so does, does, yes. does receiving this diagnosis, like, change the way you start thinking about the thing that you're going through, do you think? Um, I suppose to some degree it does, but I still feel frustrated because I'm like, why does it have to be, you know, like, and I don't mean to be negative or whiny, but like, there's always something else, you know, just as one thinks you're overcoming something, then something else rears its ugly head. And so, yes, I take comfort in knowing that, oh, okay, actually, I'm not, you know, like, all that messed up. I'm not all that damaged. There's reason for this. But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, why, why, why does there always have to be a something else? Mm. But I and I mean, he also just... spoke about, he spoke about medications as well, because I recently had quite a bad breakout with my skin. And um, that, that has happened for me since my, my early 20s. And I'm now, I'll be 34 this month. And so for the last 10 years, I've been struggling really badly with, with bad acne, cystic acne. And so recently I went back onto Reaccutan and he mentioned that uh, the Reaccutan could also be affecting the medication, um, which also, you know, it takes us out of sync, if you want to yeah. call it that. Yeah. Um, and then also like Ocoxia, which is an anti-inflammatory. I've had some really bad shoulder issues. Um, 
he he says that the alcoxia could be interfering with the with my my antidepressant. So, is it the COVID? Is it the alcoxia? Is it the Accutan? Is it just me? You know. But I think what you what you're raising is quite important, right? Is that mental health is so ethereal, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's something that we can't always locate and identify the exact cause for right. that particular problem. And, you know, most of the time it's a combination of things that add up to affect and kind of, you know, just impact your ability to function, right, on like a psychological, mm-hmm. emotional or mental playing field. And so I think, you know, it, it is very difficult to pinpoint and say, you know, it's not like when you when you when you fall off, fall from the roof and you break your leg and you're like, it's because I fell from the roof or I yeah. slipped or I tripped or I, you know, there was a loose tile or whatever, right? Like I yeah. think with when it comes to like physical illness, I think it's a lot easier to pinpoint what the cause of it is versus Mm -hmm. something that's so not only that you can't really see per se, you know, that, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's also something that isn't that well understood. Mm. So it's, I think it's difficult for you to say, you know, and, and I think it brings up, it brings up something that could be the cause of, you know, a lot of our, our mental issues, which is, you know, it could be the fact that we're going through this pandemic. It could be that you were ill and this illness that's new has post-recovery effects that we don't know because this illness is so new. It could mm. be medication reactions. It could be, yeah. um, you know, it could be the fact that your physical body hasn't been well and that's impacting the way you feel about yourself. Like there's mm-hmm. so many re- there's so many things that impact our mental health, you know, and I think it's such a complex thing to be able to understand and just talk about, you know, not, never Mm -hmm. mind when you don't understand it, but like, even when you do, you know, even when you're affected by it and impacted by it. Yeah. And then like you say, and then talk about it, you know, and I mean, I feel like there's still such a stigma around mental health, you know, Um, so many people, frown upon people who who stand up and say you know I've, I, I, I am affected by mental health and so sometimes talking about it isn't even an option because you feel judged um or you feel like there's something wrong with you um like so many people you if like there's been a couple of people in my life who I've said to you know I take antidepressants and all of a sudden their whole view of me changes, you know, because I'm that person that depends on a tablet to carry on with my life. Yeah. So I think it also comes in there where you say to talk about it or whatever, you know, you've got to have a safe space to talk about it and with people who can either relate or who aren't narrow-minded in their ways of thinking around mental health and like, you know, all those types of things, stigmas and stuff. But I think this is, this is the thing, right? Is, Medication is such a, I don't know, it's it's something that we, we take all the time. People have no problem 
popping a panado or a disprint when they have a headache, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. People have no yep. problem self-medicating with cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, sex, exactly. food. People have no problem with that. But the minute it comes to like psychiatric drugs, you know. Then you're a freak show. Then you're a, then you, then you're a mental patient who needs help living. Yep, exactly. You know, and and this, I think, is what makes you know is what makes recovery even that much harder. I think, you know, I think people like me or just me, I think I'm in the minority where I, I I'm quite vocal in the things that I struggle with. I'm quite you know public about it, and I honestly don't give a shit about what you have to say about it. But I don't yeah. think that's the norm, right? Because I think it's not. They, they, there's this idea because I've got friends who struggle with anxiety and would never publicly, or even not even publicly, but like wouldn't even tell work colleagues because mm-hmm. they don't want to be perceived that they can't do their job. Yep. You know, and so this idea yeah. of arriving, you know, this idea of like, do we ever really reach a point where we are okay with our mental health? I think until such time that we can at least start talking about it and like it is any other challenge that we're facing, it will forever be something that will affect us. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's, it's true. And it's frustrating. It's frustrating because it is so many people's reality and yeah. um, Too many, I think people go undiagnosed. Um, because of their fear of talking about it. And so for those people, they'll never really reach the end of the road. Um, Like we say, will we ever reach the end of the road in therapy? You know, will they even get the therapy they need because there's such a stigma around it? So with people like you and me who have been Mm -hmm. in, like, therapy for forever, Mm -hmm. like, would you – would you say on your like mental health journey, you know, that has been the most pivotal thing that's helped you kind of manage your mental health or like what are in your toolkit or in your like box of coping, coping things that you have, coping skills that you have, mm-hmm. you know, what are the things in your toolbox that you use to help deal with your mental health? I would say definitely uh, self-awareness um, is one of them. Um, recognition of the situation I'm in versus um, the way I choose to react to people. Um, so if somebody's being really rude or really abrupt towards me, um, I can either also be abrupt and rude or I can take a step back and think to myself, like, you know what, this really isn't about me. This is about this person. And even though it's not right that they're treating me in this specific way, um, retaliating is just going to make it a million times worse and so before my therapy I was just aggressive and ready to smash your windscreen with a baseball bat whereas now I can take a step back and say okay this person's obviously having a trying time and they're going through whatever shit they're going through this isn't about you don't make it a whole big thing so I've learned that with therapy, um, again, the self-awareness. I look at myself in the way I behave and the way I respond to situations and the way I answer people. And even though I'm aware of it and it's a tool that I have in my toolkit, it doesn't mean that it's 
effectively used, if I can say it like that. Yeah. There's still times where I answer people, I'm like, my sarcasm is next level and it comes across really rude and really impolite and it's it's not necessary sometimes. Um, and even though I'm aware of it um, and I realize that I'm doing it like in a, in a defensive way, it doesn't mean that it's totally, I'm fixed, you know, it still comes out. Maybe not as often as it used to, but it's, it's still very much a part of me. Yeah. I think you, I think your self-awareness, right. And that's something that you, you grew through your therapeutic process. I think mm. the words that came to my mind while you were talking in terms of, you know, I would say the things you've learned would be, I think, patience with yes. yourself. Um, yes. You seem to have a lot more understanding and empathy for other people. So mm-hmm. like instead of just going from zero to a hundred and like smashing the windscreen, you're like, mm, maybe this one just needs is having, you know, a tough time and just, you know, needed to vent or, you know, yeah. and I think that, I think that also lessens the amount of stress that you have to carry because not, not everything someone else is doing is about you. Exactly. And so it, 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 it's, it's not necessary to always react. And take it personally and then send yourself down a rabbit hole of what ifs and should haves and why am I like this? Why do people treat me like this? And yeah. So yeah. But I think there's also something to be said in repetitive behavior, right? So like That's true. If if this is something that someone consistently does, at what point is it someone going through a trying time or at what point is, is it enough? you're actually just a dick? Like, yeah, you know, and I think, and there's no, there's no, I don't know. I don't think there's an answer, right? I think every person or in every situation, you'd need to gauge it for yourself mm-hmm. and kind of figure it out yourself. But I do think that, you know, we need to figure out at, at what point does it become, does the, does it, is it inexcusable? You know, yeah, the abuse, the the bad behavior. When is that crossing the line? When do yeah. you say yeah. it's enough now? I get you going through a tough time, but that doesn't give you license to treat me like shit. Exactly, and I think mm. this is this is the thing about th- about therapy, right? Is I don't know, like you said, you know, in the beginning of our conversation, you you mentioned the fact that you don't feel closer to your goal. You don't feel like you're getting anywhere. I don't know, like, I don't know if, if the getting somewhere is the point or if the point is maybe just to it's get the better. Journey. Ooh, cheese match, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but Sorry. basically, right, like, isn't it, isn't it just being better able to deal with life, right? Which I guess the, the end point of the physical life is when we eventually die, you know, and that's when we reach the end. But, like all the space in between is just being better able at dealing with life. I don't know. Mm. I, don't know. I don't know either. I wish I had the answer for that. However, what came to my mind now was, yes, I don't think I'm any closer to reaching my so-called end goal, but wow, have I come a long way. Like Absolutely. if I think yes. of how I was at 20, 21, to how I am now I'm a totally different person in fact probably unrecognizable to people I knew in those days yeah um if they had to bump into me now I'm a totally totally different person so not to say that I haven't made progress and I haven't come a long way I just feel like 
once we overcome a specific thing, then it's like, oh, hey, let me throw something else at you. And then that's another thing we have to work on, you know? Yeah. And this is the thing. I don't like, I don't know, maybe it's because of my life story or my perspective. I don't know. But like, I don't think that it's always easy. There's always going to be something that is going to try us. Like, Mm Always, always, you know, there's always going to be something else. And whether that's a big thing or a small thing in comparison to, I don't know, things you've been through before or to someone else at the end of the day, like, I, don't, I think life just tries us and I'm just like, yeah, let's take the wheel because I'm just like, this is some trying shit. And I think, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think my therapy process for all these years have just made, have helped me make myself more resilient or have helped make me more yeah. resilient. Yeah, I yeah, I would agree with that. Like, do you think you bounce back faster? So even though, um, so even though you you go down the rabbit hole, do you come back out faster than you would have six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, ten years ago? Maybe, maybe because you have better coping skills or a bit of, better understanding of the situation. Um. I don't know though. I can't answer that. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to put myself in a situation where have I bounced back? Um, I don't have a timeline for that. Not not right now. Mm. Yeah, these things are so mm. weird. I don't know. But what I do know, and I think you've you've said this, you know, is at least we're not the same people we were. Yep. And I think that's that that's something to be proud of. Yeah. And we may, we're doing it for ourselves, right? We're not doing it for anyone else. No one else can force us to go to therapy. It's something we have to do and we have to want to do. It's something we have to commit to. If we're not committed to therapy and to um, you know, self-awareness and and seeing our own flaws and recognizing that sometimes we're the problem. Um, then there's really no point. No one can force you to become a better person. It's something you have to want yeah. and do on your own. Yeah. Absolutely. Karen, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about something that's very important to me. And I'm hoping that you'll you'll find space to have further conversations with me on this podcast. I absolutely would love to. Thank you for including me. Yay! Thanks so much, Sharon. We'll chat soon. Okay, take care of yourself. Thank you, you too. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Join us after the ad break when we continue the conversation. This is a Spudcast, a podcast from baobalb.org. Welcome back to Quintessentially Mental, the podcast hosted by Sure Eyes. As cliched and wanky as this sounds, you know, it really is about the journey, (laughs) the process, not the end state. Or, you know, I think, I don't know, it's like, it's like when, you know, you're just thinking about when you when you set these goals for yourself and determining that being the point at which you arrive when i 
don't react to these situations anymore, I would have made it. When I have this car, when I have this job, when I don't feel insecure anymore, when I don't feel a certain, you know, any other kind of emotion. I think the danger in that is we 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 don't then allow ourselves not to fail, but like let's say we achieve the goal, but then, you know, we, we, we're in a situation where we don't have the same response and we're like, yes, we've made it. And then we're in the same situation or similar situation where we have our default response and just feeling like a failure or feeling like, you know, we've disappointed ourselves or I think we need to revel in our individual journeys despite the length of time, despite, you know, at what point we think we've made it and we no longer need to journey. Um, I think the important part is realizing that things change along our journey. We change along our journey. Um, and giving ourselves that leniency when we supposedly fall short of our own expectations. As always, darlings, be kind to yourself love yourself, love those who love you, um, and just look after yourself. You know, life is, life is tough enough and then still navigating it while healing your mental and emotional well-being is, is tricky and we don't always get it right. So allow yourself to be human and, um, Look after yourselves. Take care and I'll I'll chat to you again in our next episode. Toodles! You've been listening to Quintessentially Mental, the podcast, hosted by SureEyes. Join us next week as we continue the conversation about mental health. And remember, we are always perfectly ourselves.